The critical issue in Merrill's case had always been his mental condition at the time of the crimes. John intended to argue that Greg Merrill suffered from a mental illness that made him physically unable to control his actions. His first act, upon becoming Merrill's attorney, was to engage a top psychiatrist, to examine his client and aid in his defense. John's unpopular work would, he hoped, result in Merrill's being re-sentenced to multiple life sentences without the possibility of release. Teddy stared at his father, green eyes dark with gravity and sorrow. Maggie blinked, her blue eyes, the same shade exactly as Teresa's, framed by the raggedy bangs John had trimmed the night before. His daughter's bad haircut filled him with shame, and his son's solemn gaze seemed an admonishment of the worst, truest, most deserved kind. Since his mother's sudden death, Teddy had become the self-appointed protector of women everywhere. It's your job, right, Dad? Maggie asked, squinting. Protecting everyone's rights? You'd better get ready for school, John said. I am ready, Maggie said, suddenly stricken. John surveyed her outfit. Green leggings, a blue skirt, one of Teddy's old soccer shirts. Ah, John said inwardly, cursing the last babysitter for quitting, but, even more, himself for being so hard to work for. He'd called the employment agency and they were supposed to send some new prospects out to interview. But with his track record and late hours, John would probably just work her ragged and blow the whole thing by Halloween. Maybe he should just move the whole family over to his father's house. Let Maeve take care of them. Don't I look good? Maggie asked, frowning, looking down and surveying her ensemble. You look great, Teddy said, catching John's eye with a warning. You'll be the prettiest girl in your class. Are you sure? Dad didn't even think I was ready for school. Maggie, you look beautiful, John said, pushing the papers away and tugging her onto his lap. She melted into his arms, still ready to cuddle at a moment's notice. John closed his eyes, needing the comfort himself. She smelled of milk and sweat, and he felt a pang, knowing he had forgotten to remind her to take a bath after the haircut. I'm not beautiful, she whispered into his neck. Mommy was. I'm a tomboy. Tomboys can't be beautiful. They... The piece was shattered by breaking glass. Something flew through the kitchen window, skidding across the table, knocking milk and bowls and cereal all over, smashing into the opposite wall. John covered Maggie's body with his own as squares and triangles and splinters of glass rained down. His daughter squealed in terror, and he heard himself yelling for Teddy to get under the table. When the glass stopped falling, the first sound was Brainer barking, running from the broken picture window to the front door and back. A big wave crashed on the rocks outside, down by the beach. The sound, unmuffled by window glass, was startlingly loud. Maggie began to sob, whimpering at first, then with growing hysteria. Teddy crawled out from under the table, kicked glass away, and scuttled across the room. "'It was a brick, Dad!' he called. "'Don't touch it,' John said, still holding Maggie. "'I know. Fingerprints,' Teddy said. John nodded, realizing there wouldn't be any. People, even non-criminals, had gotten sophisticated about evidence— Even the local hotheads, whose prior worst crime might have been overzealous letters to the editor or loud protests outside court, 
had absorbed plenty of information about fingerprints and hair and fiber from the cop shows they watched and the legal thrillers they read. Drops of blood splashed on the floor. Focused, John examined his daughter to make sure she hadn't gotten cut. When she looked up into his face, her eyes widened with horror and she shrieked in his ear, Dad, you're cut, she cried. Touching the side of his head, he felt a spot of warm liquid. Grabbing a green and blue napkin, he held it against the gash. Teddy ran over, pushed Maggie aside, looked at his father's head. John rose and, holding his kid's hands, walked into the bathroom. It's not too bad, he said, peering at his reflection in the mirror. Just superficial. Looks a lot worse than it is. Oh, Mommy, Maggie cried spontaneously. John hugged his daughter. His heart ached horribly for her. She missed her mother all the time. But something as traumatic as this was bound to bring thoughts of the accident back. He had brought this on himself.